Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This episode is Record Roundtable 4. My name is Jimmy, and I used to quote a line from Broad City before I even watched it. My name is Jeff, and Star Wars isn't that good. My name is Dan, and every time I travel south of the Mason-Dixon line, I stop at the same diner. <laughs> what diner and where? It's in Virginia. It's uh it's called the Southern Kitchen and it looks oh, in there. Yeah, it looks nothing special, but it is literally quintessential southern comfort food. It has like it all these really good. Yeah, it's very good. It has u- totally unique dishes that you don't find at like, you know, like comfort food restaurants up here, like people trying to be mm-hmm. southern food. They have cool things like stewed tomatoes and peanut soup. Oh, that's really cool. Good. And Jeff, I fully agree with you. Yeah. After watching Rise of Skywalker, I'm like, why did I take all this so seriously? Wow. It's just, just people running around <laughs> wow. with laser swords. Well, no, I was I, I didn't know when I wanted to bring this up because I've been watching Star Wars with my wife who has never seen it before. So mm-hmm. we started with A New Hope and like she's enjoying it. It's fine. And like me watching it, I'm like all pumped because I love Star Wars. Well, don't get me wrong. Star Wars isn't that good. But I still love it. Like, it's yeah. it's amazing, but it's not good. And, like, I understand what it did <laughs> for film. I understand what it did for merchandising, for what the technology used to make it. I know why we like it. But 90% of the enjoyment is all in our heads. They're yeah, not oh, yeah. really good. Like, all this stuff. Like, I'm watching it and, like... I'm trying to see, like, I, I want her to like it, obviously, but in my head, I'm like, oh, shit, that's Darth Vader. He's the baddest mofo around. But, like, <laughs> is he? He doesn't really do anything. He's not that menacing until Rogue One. And, like, the Emperor, like, who even is this guy? And then she's, like, asking me questions. She's like, oh, I'm like, yeah, you don't find that out until the Phantom Menace. And I'm like, that was that was 16 years after Return of the Jedi. <laughs> like, it's not really good. And, like, all this stuff I know, like, because I saw Star Wars, you know, I was born after uh, the the, trilo- the original trilogy came out. And I, like, knew things from pop culture. And, like, I didn't know things from toys or from other media or media since then has filled in the gaps. But, like, it's not good. And I started thinking about that during the whole, like, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker thing. And, like, you know, I'll, I'll play the field on both sides with Last Jedi. I'm still in in the field of I don't really like it. But like Rise of Skywalker, I know the first half of the movie isn't good, but I love that movie. Like it is. I enjoy the hell out of it. But like I know things don't make sense. And like when people they they add so much weight to like, well, uh, when when Snoke died in The Last Jedi, like he was supposed to be this big guy. And I'm like, do you guys remember Star Wars? Who the hell was Palpatine? We didn't know anything. Yeah. We knew less about him. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's just, it's not great, but it's amazing. I well, love I Star address, Wars. <laughs> I want to address two things you said. I want to address two things you said. One, you're entirely right that if you separate your nostalgia for them 
and the importance of them from the actual films, they're yeah. not as good as so you remember I, them. I worked with a guy about 20 years older than me a couple of decades back, and he was he was like a teenager or whatever when Star Wars came out, and he was the first person that I ever met or that I talked to that was like, yeah, I don't like Star Wars. And I'm like, but you're like a nerd. You don't like Star Wars. He's like, I saw one when it came out. It wasn't that good. And I was like, I don't, what? I don't, what? <laughs> Yeah, it's just... Yeah. Uh, and then the other side of it, which is, I guess, a little bit different than your topic, but I, I think I've been thinking about this a lot lately, which is that in all the downtime between the actual movies, I had hyped Star Wars up so much in my head. Exactly. Like, and not just in the fact that it's so great, but also like the meaningfulness of it, like, oh, great Jedi and oh, you know, this character, this is a metaphor for this and stuff like that. And, and really like, I didn't hate Rise of Skywalker. I, I liked a lot of it, but I had issues with it. But really what I realized afterwards and it doesn't even speak to the quality of that film. I think it's just due to the closing off the of the saga is I walked away from it saying like, yeah, that was fine. That was just, it is what it is. It's a fun adventure movie, but I built it into some mythology in my head and it never really right. was that. No, because like even, I mean, uh, the classic one is, you know, Boba Fett, right? Like everybody loves Boba Fett. And like, we we just finished uh, Return of the Jedi and like, she's like, oh, that was Boba Fett, the guy that got thrown into the hole. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's literally it. He says like two lines and he it's like this huge mythology, but like he's nobody. And then people are complaining about Rose Tico not being in Rise of Skywalker. And I was like, things don't she doesn't need to be here. Look at look at Phasma. Phasma. Like, yeah, she I guess she died. But people were like, oh, she'll come back. Nothing matters. Nobody in Star Wars mm -hmm. matters. Nothing at all makes sense in that universe. People are on screen. There's a character called Yak Face and he's like. He's in the background of a couple scenes and he's the most expensive Star Wars figure of all time. Hmm. Why, why do we even know his name? It doesn't matter. It's so stupid. Star Wars I is will so say, dumb. And, and they were retconning as they were making it because he didn't, George Lucas didn't think it was going to be anything. He didn't know Luke and Leia were going to be brother and sister. The story itself is so dumb and nothing even matters. And it, it all the blanks are filled in in our heads. And that's what makes it magical yeah. and amazing. And I love it. But it's not good. Chill gonna, out, everybody. The I'm Last gonna, Jedi oh and Rise God, of Skywalker. Oh, so bad. Yes, I can. Yes, I am. Yes, we can. Let me play the contrarian for one second because yes, I was totally please. where you are last <laughs> week. Then I watched the last four episodes of The Clone Wars and I was like, is Star Wars good? <laughs> because the last four episodes of Star Wars Clone Wars, I'm going to say are the best Star Wars thing that there's ever been. It's great. It is because and it, I'm really excited for season two of The Mandalorian after I've heard some casting announcements. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I the uh, uh, I don't want to give spoilers fan. on that yet because we're not talking. So about I think it, but, the yeah. moral of the story is Dave Filoni makes good Star Wars. Yeah, I, I've been saying for years, even before Dave Filoni came along, that Star Wars is best when George Lucas is far away from it. Kind of yeah. like oh, I, yeah. I say about Marvel. I was like, yeah, Stanley created these characters, but other people made them better. Like. That's just oh, how yeah. I feel. And like then Dave Filoni comes along and I was like, you are Star Wars, dude. You just you do it. You read the early Stan Lee comics. The guy was not a great writer. I mean, nobody was. It's a product of his time. But oh, yeah, that's my whew, this is a long intro, boys. Hey, are we doing a music <laughs> podcast right now? <laughs> you guys want to hear the, the line from Broad City I used to quote? Yeah. Yes. You obviously <laughs> want to tell us because I, I forgot what you even talked about seven <laughs> minutes ago. 
I know. We were, uh, <laughs> that was a diatribe I was not expecting. Uh, but when I was in college, I totally forgot that I had watched one episode, one full episode of Broad City. And um, it was the episode where um, uh, Abby and Alana are looking for a new place for Abby. And uh, she walks in on Bevers <laughs> about to masturbate. <laughs> and she was like, <gasps> hot pillow, <gasps> body butter. <gasps> Juliana Margulies. Uh, that that <laughs> line used to get quoted so much when I was in college because my buddy Nick was a extra in The Good Place or The Good Wife. I'm good sorry, wife, not The Good yeah. Place. Yeah, and uh, we used to brag him about it all the time. That's but, pretty uh, funny. Yeah, it was so a, Jim, a little fun story. Yeah. Uh, by following your Snapchat, it appears that you have been watching Broad City. I have finished Broad City. Wow. I watched wow. it in like two weeks, I think. Maybe even one week. It was uh, definitely one of the hardest talking uh, talked into uh, <laughs> Yeah, you got you got the words. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. got there. Uh, it was great. I cried at the end. Oh. Every week on this here podcast, we try to talk our friends and the world into things that we like. Uh, this is the part of the show where we don't do that. We're just telling you things that we've been talking ourselves into. Maybe it's self-improvement. Maybe it's just like a weird little thing that we don't want to talk about for an hour, an hour and a half. And uh, this is this is one of those things for me. Uh, kind of out of necessity, um, I, I used to have a very long beard. I would grow it as long as I can. I've grown it for 14 months without shaving it. It went down to my nippies. Um, I've done that a couple <laughs> times. Um, but I, I like to keep it maybe an inch or two long, right? But lately, I've been talking myself into trimming my beard closer than I'd prefer. And that is in <laughs> order to create a better seal on yep. a face mask. Because I've been doing the same thing. Yeah, I look like a fool. You could I my wife for the first time saw that I have multiple chins. I tricked her into <laughs> marrying me, thinking that I had a very strong masculine jawline, which I do not. And uh, <laughs> you know, when we first started lockdown, quarantine, whatever you want to call it, a couple months ago, wearing the masks, I noticed like air hitting my neck, and I'm like, this isn't like no seal is gonna be firm, but like it could be better. So I just shaved like maybe a two all the way down on my face and I look like an asshole, but uh, it's keeping me a little bit safer than it would otherwise. And, you know, in the early stages, we didn't know like how how COVID was being transferred. I heard like it gets stuck in your hair. So I'm like, like, I got to get rid of this thing. This is near my mouth. I'm just shaving it off, Um, Hmm. you know, just being extra precautious. But, yeah, that's what I've been doing. I don't like it. Um, I can't wait to go to a barber and have him shape me up nicely and get a good length going on. And uh, that's just, I don't know, it's just a little thing, but it's an everyday part of our lives now. Yeah, side note. Yeah, I feel that. I just booked my first uh, barber appointment. Post oh, wow. For when? What day? Uh, I don't know. Like the first like Saturday May. in June. Oh, no. yeah. I'm still like, I want to book to get an appointment in, but I also like, I don't want to like use the same scissors on my mustache and stuff. You know, I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm still really paranoid about stuff. and I am too, but if I was going to any other barber shop, I would be nervous, but I have a lot of trust in our barber. That yeah, we see ben. as do He's I. Good. I'll probably make an appointment soon because I've, I've been cutting my own hair too. And like, it was good for a while, but I kept the length on top. And then the other day I was like, I got to do something. So I just like, it looks good. It doesn't look barber good, but it's better than I've ever done before. 
Yeah, my aunt shaved my head. It's okay. <laughs> okay, Dan, what are you talking yourself into? I'm talking myself into something that's actually a little bit of a blast from the past. Wow. Oh, Dunkaroos? If you guys remember several episodes ago, I don't even okay. have the number in front of me. I tried to talk you guys into Castle Rock, the TV series. Oh, yes, yeah. you did. And I don't was think I was successful. No, no, I, we what? hated it. I happen to have the spreadsheet in front of me. It was episode 37, and you were both I think it might no. have said yes. You said oh, no. Really? Okay. And, guys, it's been out for a while now, but I finally have been getting caught up with Castle Rock Season 2, which, uh, as you may or may not remember, we spoke about in this Season 1 episode, it is a uh, anthology series. So Right. It's completely separate. So right. Uh, has completely new characters, new plot, everything. And I am liking this season even more than the first one. That's good. Okay, um, that's good, yeah. Have you guys seen the film Misery based on the Stephen King book? Uh, I've heard of it. A long time ago, it. but it's uh, Lizzie Kaplan playing Kathy Bates, right? Right. And she is mm. phenomenal. First of all, I'm a big Lizzie Kaplan fan. Me too, have been for Crow's Age. Yeah, and... Um, she is very attractive, but she is definitely very. underplaying that side of her to play the young Annie Wilkes, which is the uh, part made famous by Kathy Bates. And uh, yeah, she's um, a mentally ill nurse who is with her teenage daughter and their car breaks down in Castle Rock. And as the series unfolds, you find out that they are on the run from secrets of their past. And Jimmy... Mm, not that yeah. I'm talking you into it, but if you were ever interested in this, you'd be very interested to know that her teenage daughter is played by Elsie Fisher of eighth grade fame. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and she is very good in it. And it's got a great cast, just like the first season. Tim Robbins is in it. Um, it's really nice. cool. Um, there's some interesting stuff going on, mystery with her past, as well as some creepy stuff going on in the town. And there's also a subplot where there's these all these Somali immigrants who are uh, having like hate crimes committed against them and stuff. It's 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 turning out very good. I'm I'm four episodes in and I'm really enjoying it. And I don't think anyone else in the world watches it but me and my dad. And it probably won't come <laughs> back for a third season. Oh, that's sad. But. Jimmy, yeah, it's good though. What you talking yourself into, buddy? Uh, so this week is kind of a weird one, and Ooh. it's kind of a throwback to a an older talking myself into copycat. Um, yeah, it, it's sort of like that. But this week, I was talking myself into deleting social media apps oh, and only nice. going on them uh, when necessary. That's good. I've uh, done that before for stretches of time. It's refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've deleted Snapchat. I think I'm going to actually delete the account because it's, it's just one of those places where, like, it's just one of those things I keep cycling through that I don't need to be. And Yeah, uh, and I only I, have, like, 10 people on Snapchat, and all those people are on other apps, so it's, like, just redundant. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that but, like, I just don't really need it anymore. Facebook, gone. You don't need any of that shit. It's terrible. Yeah, no, it, I, I've stopped using Facebook basically altogether. I'll check it once just to make sure family is doing okay. <laughs> um, That's the only reason I keep it active. Right. Um, I check it like once in the morning and uh, I've been basically just I, I keep Twitter because Twitter is one of those things. It's one of my outlets where I try to be funny. And uh, it, it's just one of those things that I enjoy. I yeah. Plus, like it's doing. like a, a news aggregator, too. You know? Right. Yeah. I find out if we're going to get nuked or not on Twitter. Um, <laughs> and that's probably going to be happening at some point. 
Um, and uh, Instagram too. I just like uh, posting pictures and seeing uh, other people in bikinis and stuff. But um, yeah, it, it's just Not one of those things that I yeah I need to uh, stop using my phone as much. And it actually has been helping a lot because um, I haven't been cycling through the apps as much as I have been. Um, I'm not on my phone as much. My phone battery has actually been doing really well. Um, but I've been trying to catch up on shows. Like I said, I, I blasted through Broad City uh, in a week, and uh, I really enjoyed that. I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna get into Insecure after that. Ooh. Um, so uh, I'm hopefully going to be uh, catching up on some. TV well, shows. let me tell you, sir. I caught up on Insecure, and I am current, and it oh, is nice. not as good as it was. <laughs> really? Oh, really? I'm still waiting to get caught up. I'm finishing up. Well, I just finished Clone Wars, and I have a few episodes left of BoJack, and then I'm getting back Ooh. to Insecure. How well, are you we'll, liking BoJack? We'll talk Loving about it. this in a future episode. Oh. Oh, yeah, true. Tease away. Whoa, spoiler alerts. Yeah. So, yeah, delete your social media. You don't need it. This is our fourth record roundtable. If you've never heard a record roundtable before, I suggest listening to them as they are my favorite episodes we record. Um, yeah. We mess with the format of the show a little bit. Usually the format of the show is one or two of us talk the other one or two of us into something that we like. Uh, we had the idea a while back to do these episodes every now and then where we each pick an album by an artist, just one single album that we enjoy. We might not like the whole discography of the artist, so we don't want to like talk everybody into the oeuvre of a, a musical artist, but just this one album. Um, we might hate the other albums, and for some reason we like this one. So I'm picking an album to talk them into. Jimmy's picking an album to talk us into, and Dan's picking an album to talk us into. So it's like a little rotating round table, Lazy Susan kind of deal. And it's fun because some of the albums uh, that we choose, we don't know in advance. They don't know what I'm picking. I don't know what they're picking, uh, which is usually different for us. We kind of know what's going on at all times behind the scenes, but not now. So sometimes the albums complement each other. Uh, sometimes they're wildly different. And... I don't know. Let's find out what's going on this week. You guys ready to get into this? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the album that I am choosing for you guys to listen to is an album that I quite enjoy by an artist. That's that's good. I, I like her other stuff. But this album is uh, by an artist, Nellie McKay, and it is called Obligatory Villagers. Have either of you heard of her or this album? No. Negatory. And I've never even heard of you liking her. Oh, I go hard on this album. Um, not in a while, though. It's kind of one that like I used to listen to all the time and I fell off. Um, I first heard about her on NPR um, 13, 14 years ago, something like that. There was a segment when Pluto got declassified as a planet and it is just some sort of celestial orb in the sky now. And they NPR did a it's piece back to being about a planet. Oh, I did not know that. I'm not up on uh, planetary bodies. But NPR did a piece on the pop culture, pop cultural influence of that uh, decision. So they had like clips from comedy shows, cartoons, music, whatever. And they played a line from this song. Um, very simple, short piece. And her line was, uh, she still believes that Pluto's still a planet. It was in one of her songs. And I was like, oh, I kind of like the vibe of that song. So I looked her up and... Um, it was on this album, Obligatory Villagers, um, which I probably should have Wikipedia'd 
um yes came out in 2007 so i found out about it like 2008 maybe because it came out late 2007 and um yeah there's there's 10 songs so it is well there's there's nine there's a 10th bonus song um so it's relatively short it's only 31 to 33 minutes long which was not a deciding factor but i usually pick short ones because i'm nice and she's like uh a jazz pianist, but like the song that I heard from her, um, Oh, what the hell is it? Oh, identity theft. Uh, she was playing ukulele and I was like, Oh, this is, this is nice. Cause I was getting to ukulele at the time I was playing myself and it wasn't like a huge thing that, uh, was real trendy at the time. So, and, and she has like the, the sweetest voice and it's just so comforting. And, it's funny because a lot of the the lyrics for this don't really match the kind of music that you would think. A lot of there's there's some f bombs dropped. There's a lot of social commentary um, within the lyrics, and it's very clever too. So it's not just like you think of jazz, and what do you think of like I don't know, love or like no words at all. Um, but there's also some parts that like bend the genre a little bit there's like show toony parts which i know that you guys like musicals um mm. it's just it's an interesting quick dive and i did look into this for some reason this album is no longer on spotify now i i had downloaded the album a long time ago and burned it on cds i would play it in my car listen to it when i go to sleep listen to the shit all the time um so unfortunately I had to make a hodgepodge playlist on YouTube of Damn it, Jeff. of the songs. So uh, it might be on like another platform. I'll look further, but it, it's going to be a little difficult to listen to, but I really wanted to pick it because I think you guys are really going to like it. Yeah. And all our listeners at home are going to love searching for some weird album you picked. <laughs> I'm making a playlist and putting in the show notes like we do every single episode. Okay, Daniel. I hate you. Have this. A, you have a lot of that. Oh, I, I love that you hate it because I have a feeling you're going to love this. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Jimmy, All right. is it? Yeah. Me next? Yeah. Let's. What, what are you gonna have us listen to? All right. So this is an interesting one. Um, this is an album that I remember hearing when it first came out. Um, I remember there being a lot of hype around it because uh, this particular uh, group had not put out anything. Um, besides a, uh, a soundtrack to a film that had come out uh, previously. But um, I am going to have you guys listen to Random Access Memories by Daft Punk. Oh, boy. Oh, you were singing that before. I was. Okay. Um, have Do you any of you guys have any exposure to this album? Just the singles. I don't even know what singles they are, but I've heard the name before. Yeah, same. Okay. Same. okay. Uh, so I'm glad about this because this album is uh, definitely my favorite from Daft Punk. It is a departure from their uh, EDM uh, sort of roots. Uh, there's definitely a lot of influence in here, but it seems to me like they really wanted to make like a, a not futuristic, but like a modern 70s album. Uh, yeah, like Mark Ronson kind of, right? Yeah, I could see that. Uh, I don't know who that is, but I'm just going to agree with you. Um <laughs> Uh, so this uh, this album is very good. It is very highly regarded. Um, I believe the Melon gave it an eight out of ten, which is uh, pretty good from him. Um, 
Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I like some of their older stuff too, but it's uh, it's definitely a departure. I remember a friend of mine who uh, who was really into Daft Punk at the time didn't like it because they went into a different direction. I think that's why you guys are going to like it because it is definitely different from some of their older stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited for you guys to uh, give it a listen because at first I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if they're going to like it or not. And then I listened to it and I was like, I think they're going to like it. So um, I'm hopeful. It does get a little strange. There's definitely some songs in here. It's sort of like, why did they do that? <laughs> but uh, it sort of it sort of makes sense. By by the by the time you'll get to the end of it, it's kind of like, oh, I see what they did there. And um, Daft Punk really is good. also one of the best band names ever. I love that name. Oh, it's it's such a good name. Um, I'm really excited. I'm I'm happy you guys are uh, you at least seem optimistic about it. So we'll give it a shot. Um, yeah, uh, Dan, what are you having us listen to? All right, guys, I've had a few albums I've been wanting to do for a while now. Oh, I'm, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you a choice without saying what they are. Oh, Would you guys like to have something that I feel will be pretty along the lines of things you like and might be like a shoe in <laughs> or would you rather be challenged? Hmm. Challenge me. Daddy. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm feeling too. <laughs> All right, Jeff, you asked for it, baby. I thought for sure <laughs> oh, you were going to no. go for the easy one. No, I because going- where's the fun in that? I'm going to have you lift, listen to the album The Black Parade by My Chemical oh, Romance. Boy. Oh, could I pick the other one? Could I pick the easy one? <laughs> no, you may not. So oh, I need you to turn off everything you know about My Chemical Romance and the people who like them and what the media has said about them and just look at this one album as a piece of music. When I was a young boy... My dad took me to a parade, and it was awfully black. Ah. This is a good <laughs> album, and I think if you give it a chance. Oh, man. I saw them open for, like, Green Day or something once, and I, like, almost fell asleep. Oh, All right. Well, I think Jimmy might like it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to be an uphill battle for me. I mean, um, sure. I think Jimmy's going to like it because Jimmy likes a deer hunter, and that shit was garbage. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> what a dick. I mean, this album. I'll wait. It was, I'm sorry, I'm having fun. This, fun this album, con- you know, gets thrown into the genre of emo, screamo, stuff like that. And you could sort of just like bash it for what is you know for what that genre is but i think it transcends i think it pushes the boundaries a little bit i think the writing is better um the production is impeccable and the lyrics are interesting it's sort of a concept album so yeah i'm encouraging you guys to check out the black parade by my chemical romance jeff this album is available streaming on spotify it's it's pretty accessible (laughs) it's pretty crazy yeah i gotta make you guys work yeah so when we come back we are going to have listened to My Chemical Romance, Daft Punk, and whatever weird shit underground indie <laughs> band that Jeff wants us to track down. You spin me right round, baby, right round, wow. like a record, baby, right round, round, round. Just some behind the scenes. Uh, I was about to bring this episode back. <laughs> And then Jimmy was like, "Can I bring it back?" And I was like, "I was going to, but yeah, sure, you he can." Had that like, in mind. you might have something planned. And then it was like the most labored, sad <laughs> rendition of "Frankie Goes to Hollywood" I've ever heard. It's a good song. 
Um, I bop to it. Yeah. Is that Frankie Goes to Hollywood? Is it? Relax, uh, don't do it. No, it's yeah. not. No, I was going to say, not. I don't Meatspin. know. Meatspin.com is that song. <laughs> so <laughs> we listened to one, uh, one record per person. Um, I brought a record. Jeff brought a record. Dan brought a record. And we're going to talk about them individually and find out if we were talked into that individual album. Yes, so I decided to make it the most difficult task. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy and was. I picked like platinum selling yeah. albums and Jeff was like, oh, I'm so freaking indie, dude. I picked this <laughs> album that you got to find under a rock in the middle of the forest. So like Nellie McKay just came out with an album last year. Her whole discography is on Spotify, except, except. for the my favorite <laughs> album somehow. It took me an hour to find it to get because there's all but two songs on YouTube. Some of them are were live and I've spent so long. And then yesterday or the day before I've found each individual track on my PS3 from 2009. <laughs> so I could have just sent you guys those files. It, you can find the album listener. It is out there. There will be ways to find it in the show notes. Maybe. Good or luck. just Nope. We're not going to put illegal methods. No, no. It'll I just meant on YouTube. Oh, okay. I have a YouTube list. There you go. Yeah, I didn't download it from a Russian site on my phone at three in the morning, Dan. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? You're like, there will be ways. So essentially, I sent them one track that was the entire album. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's get started. Who wants to start with Mother of Pearl? No one. <laughs> uh, I, I guess I could talk about it a little bit. Um, so Do you just want to skip? Is... You guys were a no? Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Uh, so this is the first track on the song. Um, I hope so. The first track on the yep. song, yeah. <laughs> on the well album. Put. This is great. This is already starting off very well. This is uh, what people want to hear, Jim. Yeah. Let's keep it going. Um, obviously, we're hit. These, these are first impressions yeah, of, yeah. Um, of what she sounds like, what the vibe sounds like. And the vibe throughout the album definitely does change throughout yeah. different songs and stuff. But um, initially, I was like, oh, I like her voice. Um, I, I sort of like, you kind of described it as like this sweet little tone and like uh, uh, pleasant to listen to. And um, also, this song is obviously very sarcastic in tone. Very sarcastic which in tone. Which is very feminist. Yeah, which is very funny. Um, I, I super enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if it's like something I could like really vibe to, but um, Dan, what did you think? Yeah, I thought it was uh, jazzy and witty. Uh, definitely getting some strong uh, Nora Jones slash Zoe Deschanel vibes. Oh, I could see yeah, that. yeah. Um, yep. Reminded me a lot of Zoe Deschanel's band, She and Him. Right, yeah. Um, Somebody said that either this song or Identity Theft was if Regina Spector and Eminem had a baby. Mm, I could see that, yeah. Yeah, that sounds yeah. terrible, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I can deal with Regina Spector, but... Yeah, uh, I mean, it was a YouTube comment from 12 years ago. But, but yeah, this was a funny, fun track. Um, I was like, hmm, didn't expect this from Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's... On YouTube, there's a lot of uh, videos of her just playing it with just a ukulele. Yeah. That's a pretty cool rendition. I obviously like the uh, the album version better because it's full. There's a ukulele. She plays piano. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. She's a multi-instrumentalist. Over sure. Over uh, sure. Uh, I, I definitely like the style of this song, too. A little bit different from the first one. Very show toony. Right. Uh, very old timey. Yeah. Uh, big band. Yeah. Um, I really like the voice, her voice in this song, too. I think it fit well with the with the song. 
Um, I didn't really get anything from the lyrics or anything. No, but. so I don't know who Maxine Shrek is. I couldn't find yeah, any information I tried on to her. Look, yeah, and it's th- this song is like a song from a musical that doesn't exist. Right, right. Yeah. It's almost like a, an alternate universe, like Berenstein Bearsing. Like maybe this was a <laughs> musical that existed, and yeah. like this is just the remnants that exist in our dimension. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, like it's so funny because I do love this album, and the first song is like very lyrically strong, like even today. Right. And, you know, but this song, like, it's pretty yeah. empty lyrics. Yeah. Right. It's funny that you guys said that because uh, my one note was extremely show tuney. Yeah. <laughs> this reminds me a lot of, like, Stephen Sondheim. Right. Yeah. And uh, between the first track and this track, again, I'm like, why does Jeff like this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because from what I know Jeff, of Jeff, not a big show tune for fan. I-, I love this album. It's so fun. It's so great. Well, you would like a lot of Steven Sondheim. Maybe then, I will. And like at first, I didn't know who the guy was, the male vocalist. And I had to Google him. And his name is Bob Duro. And he's the voice of Schoolhouse Rock. Oh, oh my goodness. Look at that. Interesting. He recently passed away, unfortunately. Oh. Poor guy. It was in his 90s. So I guess he lived his life. Um, yeah. Then there's a smooth transition Ooh, from Overture yeah. into Gin Rummy. Gin Rummy. Very because musically. it's a play. Because yeah. it's a musical. Yeah. There are a couple <laughs> tracks like this that do that. Yeah. This is probably my favorite song off the album. Um, definitely very smooth. Uh, I almost sort of wish like the entire album was like this, just sort of right. like smooth jazz, like listening to her, like pretty vocals and like, uh, also the little, like, it almost seemed like beat poetry sort of in the middle. Yeah, There's like some bebop. Yeah. It's, it's kind vocals. of like rapping, but not really. Um, just kind of talking to a rhythm. It gave me some like early sixties, um, I don't know, like Sam Cooke type vibes, mm. a little bit of that. Yeah, because there's like a light organ and like yeah. real jazzy bass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I did after listening to this because I haven't listened to this album in a few years. Uh, it's impossible to find. You you'll never hear it. <laughs> um, but I was just trying. There's like so no- you're gonna be like Dan and Jimmy. Did I talk you into <laughs> searching for this album? <laughs> well, no. Usually, like if you look up lyrics, there's always comments of people like My Chemical Romance. There's a th- thirty thousand comments on right, every single yeah. song. This one there's zero. So I found like a couple Pitchfork reviews, and somebody said that um, they think it's about George Bush, um, in mm. the the lyric realize the mistakes you made and have the courage to correct them but it's way too vague for me to agree with that but at the time and who she is i can see that because there are some like seven it came out right there are yeah there are a lot of like there's a couple george bushy references that are super vague but kind of jabs to the ribs yeah i didn't really pick anything up lyrically i wrote i I wrote nonsensical lyrics and then we get into maybe the best song on the album (laughs) i knew this is gonna be such a jeff song (laughs) live in i wrote oh this is why jeff likes (laughs) this album (laughs) just poop and fart lyrics yeah it's 30 seconds of this sweet voice it is very pretending to be a pirate living's a bunch of shit yeah yeah uh, Which is very true. It is. It is, yeah. Living sucks. So the next track, Identity Theft. This is, this the, is the one that got you into it, right? This is the song that I was like, the first song I heard from her, yeah. the line. Yeah. As far Pluto as lyric. Pluto's yeah. still a planet. What did you guys think of Identity Theft? Very fun. Uh, pop. Uh, it's a bop. Yeah. I thought it uh, sort of stands out on the album as having more of a reggae type vibe. Yeah, like a right. reggae scott. Yeah. yeah. Than the rest. Influence. It's fun. It's it's a bop. Yeah. I want to have my windows. Twice. Sorry, Jim and sorry, Jim. <laughs> yeah. She's got a potty mouth, this little Nelly. She does. Girl. Yeah. Uh, Galleon. Yeah. Not really feeling it. This is the worst song on the album for me. Really? Yeah. yeah this is, uh, if you like this, Jeff, you should check out this other great thing, High School Musical, because that's exactly <laughs> what this is like. <laughs> I knew you were going to, like, 
I don't know. I thought it was fun. It's like it's show toony and it's like it's very show toony. Yeah, but it's like, like not even a good show tune. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna skip that. I like you don't like any of it? Galleon. Hold yeah. my thoughts. Okay, wow. Oh, interesting. I'll be reclaiming my time at the end. Politan. Somehow before I was halfway through this album. I knew there would be a Bossa Nova song because <laughs> she's clearly exploring Casanova, Chevy Nova, <laughs> Bossa Nova. No, she's clearly exploring like these jazzy yes. club variants. Like we right. heard her little reggae song. Right. We heard her like bebop song. So I was like, there's going to be Bossa Nova. Sure enough, there's Bossa Nova. Yeah. And I was like, this is cool. It reminds me of like uh, back in the day when I wish I was alive, when Cuba was still a place we could go to. <laughs> And you could just go to like a Cuban nightclub and right. just like, you yeah, know, super have a mojito and, and dance with your sweetie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Spanish guitar playing. Yeah. Sort of like a weird thing about me is I could just listen to like Spanish singers all day, every day. And like she already has like a really like nice, sweet voice. So like it was just really enjoyable to listen to, you know? Yeah. But really, yeah. Good song. I liked it. And this is another one like Jimmy, you reference. You like the transitions. Yeah. This transition super smooth into Testify. Right. Yeah. Testify sounds like an unused song from Hair. Have you seen <laughs> like a lot? I, I'm not familiar with Hair. It's uh, it's got that like weird jazzy funk hybrid, and there's like disco drumming going right. on. Yeah, it's sort of like jazz music in the '70s. Reminds me of like some Stevie Wonder stuff. The way the horns are uh, popping in and out. Mm. Um, listen to like uh, songs in the key of life. Mm. Wait, is that a Stevie Wonder song? I'm, I'm Sounds confused. about right. I think so. In the words of Sal Governale, I'm confused. <laughs> uh, this song, Weird Side Tangent, is um, it reminds me a lot of uh, back in the day, The Simpsons used to put out like random, <laughs> you gonna say this? <laughs> random music like albums. Um, and one of them was called Testify. And they have a song called Testify that sounds a lot like this. Really? <laughs> which is very funny. That's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. But this um, is another one that has kind of like iraq war kind of undertones yeah i could see that lyrically not it's still very vague yeah guys everything was like that back in the day yes daniel breaking news breaking news i did pull the name of stevie wonder album correctly out of out of nowhere it is songs in the key of life oh good for you (laughs) so proud fantastic but no testify was good definitely very show toony um and good show tony to i still i still like galleon i thought it was good there was like the overlapping lyrics i thought it was was fun and there was like that clarinet or sax solo yeah I don't know. Clarinet, yeah. Yeah. I thought you guys should have liked it better. No, you're wrong. (laughs) Uh, One thing I, one track I did like was Smokey, or uh, Zombie, not Smokey. Smokey. Smokey (laughs) was the uh, note I wrote. This reminds me of like a Smokey New Orleans jazz club. Yeah, it's super bluesy. Again, this is like the exploration, exploration of like American jazz. Like we're going to hit all the little areas that (laughs) that it went to. Yeah. And another review, or I think maybe the same Pitchfork review from 12 years ago said, uh, she was quoted as saying, "It's like a zombie walking through the bush here." So right, like, I didn't yeah. pick up on that. I have oh, no, no I, idea what the song's about. Uh, it seems like, like I don't know. Like uh, I always love when song titles sound like what the song sounds like. Yeah, and I, I think that this song does it pretty well. Yeah, well. just zombie sound- backing vocals. I think Jeff's referencing the bush stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, but like. I, I like it was like a cute little story, but like also, I don't know if you guys listen to it on headphones, but the it was produced really yeah. well because a lot of like the zombie like, yes, and yeah. it's like panned really well and yeah, it's like, just a really nice mix. It's you really know what's immersive. Funny is I listen to everything with headphones except for this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 
me and a few friends of mine have a shared Halloween playlist that we tip that we add stuff to. Yeah, this started a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This started a couple years ago. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, oh, I I could definitely add this to the Halloween playlist. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't. Zombie, but it's not on Spotify, right, so I can't. You can. <laughs> yeah, you can't. I would. It's so weird because I just I was just listening to a new album for the first time on the way over here. It's, everything's right. there. this is probably came out on a different label that doesn't yeah I'm really sure that's maybe. what happened but it's so weird. All right, guys. So, any overall thoughts on obligatory villagers? <laughs> <laughs> any overall thoughts on obligatory villagers by Nelly McKay? I'm keeping that f- up in there. Sorry, Jim. By the way, oh, right. um, thanks, Jim. No, it's cool. You edit out yours and Dan's. All I, I listen to the show. And I'm like, oh, where's that really hilarious f up? It's probably at the end of the show, and sometimes it's not even there. Yeah, you just true. it's completely gone. So I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're going to make me seem like a to- I am an idiot. I, I almost said obligatory visuals. Yeah. I didn't even say visuals right. An idiot. You gotta uh, start saying things isolated so Jimmy can like make drops, drops out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are all on separate tracks. That's true. Um. No, the I liked it. Uh, <laughs> I don't really have a lot more to say about it. I thought it was a fun. It was a wild romp. He didn't ask the question yet, so don't give away. Yeah, no, you don't Dan, know if I was talking were, to you. You were saving some stuff until this moment. Uh, right? No, I'm saving some stuff for after the question. Should I ask so that's going to be a no. No, I have some overall okay. thoughts. Uh, it's going to be a no. Yeah, I think that it's a it's a cool exploration of. It's almost like she tasked herself with like exploring all the ways that jazz can go right so we get like big band we get swing bossa nova reggaeton uh jazz bluesy jazz all that stuff show tunes so i thought that was uh interesting i am fascinated that you like this and i'm fascinated (laughs) even more that you like more than this that you like her other albums oh yeah her next album that came out in 2010 that's really good. I love that. Because I don't yeah. know of you listening to anything even similar to this. She did the soundtrack for P.S. I Love You, that movie oh, that came okay. out a while ago. So, yeah, she, she's got maybe. Do you listen or... to other stuff like this? Not really. It's <laughs> weird. like maybe I just don't know. Like for a yeah. while, I didn't. I think I, I recently heard really a Regina like, Spector song. And I was never, like, oh, that's good. I have They're never considered trying to talk you into a musical. But after this, it's happening, dude. Oh, well, gonna... I, don't, I think the music. I like the music separately. Like. I don't know. Like when I watch a musical, I just I don't care for them that much. Okay, so I should give you the soundtrack to a musical. Maybe <laughs> it depends. There are some musicals that, like I like the music to Hamilton. Yeah. Okay. Do you like a uh, Book of Mormon? Have you listened to that? I haven't. No, because oh, I haven't seen it there we either. Go. Oh. It's one of those things. Like I wanted to see Spamalot when I was out too. Right, and I yeah. never did. I, just, I don't know. It's funny. I was actually just thinking that we should do Book of Mormon episode. Okay, Nellie McKay. Yeah. <laughs> Ask the question. Did I talk you into this? Very difficult to pronounce album by Nelly McKay. Yes. No. Oh, wow. I, I I didn't know where it was going to go. I thought it was going to be a split, but I didn't know which way. Mm. I thought that it was both of you would like it for because you like musicals, Dan. You love them. <laughs> this is very musical. Yeah. It's very I think if you it's were, woke. It's woke, Daniel. I think if you were more of a uh, consumer of musical theater, you would realize that this is not a good musical. Hmm. <laughs> I really didn't like this album. Wow. I had a hard time getting through it. Interesting. I liked it more because it was jazzy and stuff. And yeah, fun. I thought it, it was, was funny. Too. I think it's just a fun vibing album. Yeah, I, like it, it's not something that I'm going to like go out and buy in vinyl. But uh, uh, I mean, it's not on vinyl. I looked. 
Well, did she put this in a time capsule? It's on a CD. They have they have CDs, but they're like it's twenty dollars on Amazon. I'm not you can kidding. only pick it up through shortwave radio antenna. It's not on Discogs. Yeah, that's so funny. Uh, no, I think it's fine. Uh, like I'm not in love with it, but um, I'll definitely give this a couple more listens see if I like it. I mean, to be fair, I only listened to it once, maybe twice. Uh, we just right. didn't have a lot of time to listen to stuff. No, you had 20, 24 hours of Howard, days Stern. Of Howard Stern to listen to. Yeah, in Trailer Park Boys. Um, I um, I thought that she had, like, I guess the best way I can describe this album is nice. Like, yeah. I think it's nice. I think she has a nice voice. I think the production is nice. I don't think any of it really, like, caught me or blew me away or exceeded mm. expectations will you just for fun just in the background listen to other albums by her maybe that are more like albumy because like her next album is kind of more like traditional poppy not i'm like interested in checking music. out other stuff obviously because it's on spotify and i can listen to it <laughs> um and i'm interested in listening to other stuff the answer is no i will not wow mm. because i just think if i was gonna listen to something like this i have more of an attachment to like other existing artists like right. i have listened to some she, she and him i have listened to some uh steven sondheim nora jones the the references that i called out mm-hmm. um yeah i'm just i didn't, I didn't vibe it okay well that's great. fine fantastic yeah you win some you lose some <clears throat> so now we're gonna get to my album which i am super interested in because i have absolutely zero idea about how this is gonna go this is a weird one because well, we should say what it is. Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> Random Access Memories by Daft Punk, the 2013 album. This is a weird one <laughs> because like we mentioned in the last album, like some songs, the lyrics mattered, some right. don't. And like when you said this, I was like, OK, I'm interested in this because I'm aware of Daft Punk. I know what they sound like, but I'm not super familiar with them. Yeah. But also it's EDM. So like what are the vocals and lyrics going to be like? Right. What are we going to talk yeah. about? Like. Are we going to talk about each song individually or just like, oh, yeah, this part was cool. Like, I don't know. So I have notes for each track. So do I. I do, too. I did do that. So the first song, Give Life Back to Music. Right. Right off the bat, I was I was pleasantly surprised. Um, It went a little bit against my preconceived notions. Yes. Uh, There was more live instrumentation or perceived live instrumentation. It could have been electronic, but done very well to sound like uh, live um than i thought there would have been so i was happy with that um i liked the disco funk vibe to it like i could respect that we have the same notes man (laughs) but i really didn't like the electronic vocals the vocoder yeah Yeah. and the repetitive nature of the lyrics yeah i I literally wrote down i hope the vocoder doesn't turn them off so my notes for this (laughs) the first four words have three exclamation points after every word disco auto-tune instruments <laughs> funk and then i wrote disco af guitar strumming yeah <laughs> it was it was fun it was like it set a cool vibe but i didn't care for right. the auto-tune too much well we should say it's not auto-tune okay. yeah vocoder yeah. yeah it is a different effect yeah. I, i'm I, sure I, there's a lot of auto-tune in there too because yeah these guys do not strike me as natural singers yeah i'll say wear helmets yeah. i don't even know if they're the singers but yeah I think you when you hear those, listen to Millie Vanilli this whole time. Yeah, I think that when you hear those vocoder voices, that's them, and I think they're I doing think so, yeah. every production trick they have to sound like they can sing. <laughs> yeah, aren't they from France or something? They're French, yeah, yeah. they're French duo. Um, um, I think there's some songs in here where the vocoder is kind of annoying. Uh, this being one of them. 
Um, but I think the music well outweighs it, especially in this song. I think this song is like so like such an epic, like epic in the actual meaning, not the 2009 right. meaning um, <laughs> opener. Yeah, epic, dude. It's uh, a good opener. It's a good yeah. album opener. Very, very Then we fun. get to the game of love. Yeah. And uh, all I wrote down is it's a total 80s movie soundtrack. Right. Yeah. Just like set in that vibe. And like they did the soundtrack for Tron, as you yep. mentioned. Yep. Was that before this? I think it was before this. Tron right? was 2011. Yeah. Mm, so this is okay. right before that but obviously um there's another song in here too which is um uh motherboard which seemed a lot like that yeah that um that song as well yeah i could see this being on a soundtrack yeah um because it has a really good groove yeah very vibey but uh i i think to stand on an album they need to commit to whether they're going to be instrumental or they're going to be vocal. Because yeah, I, I had that problem. It's weird. There's forward. like there's like not enough vocals or lyrics yeah. for me. Okay. Um, and also just like by this second track, I was like, oh, they need these effects. <laughs> they're not doing this as a creative choice. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it plays into it. Yeah. But I would imagine if you heard them like actually sing. Yeah, that's not good. And I bet you they don't sing live. Uh, no, they don't. Um, That's uh, another reason for the helmets. Right, yeah. <laughs> Makes lip syncing easier. I think the main purpose of the vocoder in nowadays is because of what they have done in the past. Like, uh, yeah. Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger, Around the World. Like, if it wasn't for those songs, they wouldn't be doing... I don't think yeah, they would have any their, vocals. Yeah, it's their sound. Right, Well, they yeah. also stand in a weird gray area to me of, like, being a popular music act, yeah. which requires vocals, to be like yeah. have hit songs right but they're really an edm like house yeah act. absolutely if you see any of their shows live it looks like just a regular like rave yeah like, they're just like which two doesn't DJs. require a lot of vocals no no no, it doesn't, it doesn't so it's weird any. to me like they're trying to like sort of cross that barrier yeah but uh it's weird because this album sort of feels like a transitionary period but there's nothing new so like yeah, there's nothing it struck me that this came out so long ago because it seems like a new album to me yeah right I can't believe it's already been seven years. It's crazy. Giorgio by Moroder. Oh, this I is... wrote down what the actual fuck, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jim. So I wrote down that this song is dope, and here's why. Because this is my favorite song off the album. Yeah, it's like an audio documentary. Yep. And I heard this on NPR years ago. So this really? is the first song from this album that I heard because they were talking about Giorgio. Mm-hmm. And Giorgio. And then they played like a clip of the song. And then I listened to it and I was like, this is really cool because it yeah. is like it's the story about the father of disco. Yeah. Um, which then led to house and techno and new wave and all of these other genres. And they got him on here and like, I think he actually played on this song. Uh, I I don't know if he played, but um, I, I can't remember. I mean, yeah. I heard the interview seven years ago. Yeah, but like as a single song, I really enjoyed it because like yeah. it is it was a a good song too. Right. But then having him like talk about it, and then I read about it later, and they said that they asked him to just talk for three hours. Yeah. They recorded him, and then he's like, "Can I hear the song?" And they were like, "You wrote the song." Yeah. So there might be a sample from him or something. Like they didn't play yeah, it. And he's like, "As long as the song isn't shit, then." <laughs> I'm fine with it. I love the callback too to um oh also I love that he's like talking about things and like the song is doing the things that he's talking yeah. about. He was like, Yeah, we had a we basically just like burst like burst open this song wide open and uh uh we can just do whatever we want and then it just goes to this orchestral moment of the song. I thought that was really fun. 
And then we also have the beat that he was talking about. He was like, I wanted that click in there. And then at the very end, we also get that click as like the bass drum beat. It is a very weird song, especially yeah. if you're unsuspecting. But I knew the title, so I was like, oh, yeah, I remember yeah. this. So I then, didn't like it. You didn't like it at all? No. I oh. thought it, it was interesting, but... I thought you would like it the most. It's not music to me. It's, it's oh, like I an still audio documentary. It. Yeah, which is what I liked yeah. about it. Oh, but I, I totally get still vibe. And then we get to Within, which is totally different than the song that we just listened to. Yeah. It's uh, it's like a real piano. And yeah. It's really slow build, and the vocals and lyrics are whack. Yeah. <laughs> I not dig it at this all. This is the one that real really, one. like kills it for me with the vocals yeah because how are you gonna have like a super emotional piano ballad without robot singing over it <laughs> yeah this this is uh if i'm talked into this album this is an instant skip I, i'm yeah, never it, listening to the song again it's, it's a skip for me too uh, i i agree i do want to talk about the next track though okay instant crush instant crush featuring julian casablancas what yep. band was the, the, the strokes? strokes yeah um to me this is the best song we've heard so far on the album yeah um his vocals feel more natural even though they are still heavily produced um i i think it's i think they benefit from having a real singer yeah they do it uh pushes the songs more into like a pop acceptable genre that i enjoy Mm -hmm. um i also like that he was able to vibe with them and meld with their style yeah doesn't sound by any means like a stroke song no um it sounds like like a lot of times these bands are these artists without vocalists i think when they pair with a featured vocalist it ends up feeling more like their song like the vocalist right. song yeah um which we'll talk about a little bit later mm-hmm. uh but i think this one feels like a daft punk song yeah it, does. it just happened to have him singing so i like that yeah me too i was kind of bored by it i thought it was just too long and kind of just generic and little not really interesting musically yeah i just think it's a bop like it's not my favorite song off the album but i think it's it's fun. like a party song you can yeah. put on a party in the background just to have on speaking of party songs Ooh. we're gonna get to lose yourself to dance which is such a fucking groove save yourself or lose yourself i've wrote lose yourself lose okay. yourself i definitely sorry, wrote jim. save yourself sorry jim <laughs> featuring pharrell yeah yes um this one sort of just reiterated what i felt about the last one that their collabs are their better songs right um i will say that i don't think it succeeded in feeling as much like a daft punk song i felt like it felt more of a pharrell song i Mm. mean yeah i was digging the vibes but it wasn't really dancey and like lose yourself really i don't think so i I think it's dancey in not in a modern sense of dance. 70s disco dance. Yeah, to me, I was getting a lot of vibes of uh, early Michael Jackson, like very early. Like, yeah. don't stop till you get enough, like that type right. stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that weird transitional period between like disco and 80s synth pop where Agreed. they were like, we can put weird technology into this disco music. Yeah. So I thought this was fun. Again, it kind of just felt like a Pharrell song to me, mm. but um yeah i liked it then we get to touch featuring paul williams 
Mm. Which is I did not like any of this. I wrote disco oh. sucks. Uh, oh, really? I wrote a word I can't read. And oh, uh, it's okay. That's the word I can read. <laughs> uh, okay, the first that three was... minutes of eight of an eight minute song suck. It yeah. was just like, what am I listening to? Mm-hmm. I was gonna skip, but then I saw there were five minutes left, so I was like, all right, I gotta listen to it. And uh, then I was like, all right, yeah, I f- with the set, I f- with this. Sorry, Jim. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> um, but then like it went back to sucking. There was like this middle, it was like three songs that shouldn't be together in Mm. one song. So it was like this three minute build and I was like, oh yeah, this is good. And then it totally changed back to like a different kind of song. See, I think where they're successful on this album is in the hybridization of disco music and like 70s tropes with modern electronica. It can't make up its mind if it's trippy or disco. But I don't think this one does it. I think this is a disco song pretty much. Yeah. This Paul Williams guy is like a disco guy. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I... I'd agree. I mean, I like that kind of music. So you don't have to agree with us, Jimmy. You yeah, can no, be like, I, "I love this album. You suck." <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I like this song. I, I mean, like let's talk like about what stuff. this album is really all about. Get lucky. Get lucky. Yeah. Oh yeah. So this is what I thought the entire album was going to be like. Me too. I didn't know it was mm. going to like go on these weird right. ebbs and flows. And it's definitely the standout song in the album. It is the best song, mm. I would say. It's definitely fun. It's it's one of those pop songs that was everywhere, but it's like still good. Yeah, it's like Uptown Funk. You're like, yeah, that's I like that. Yeah, it's not quite as good as my parody "Up All Night to Get Denny's," but I mean, it's fine. <laughs> um, it's not quite as good as Weird Al's rendition, and now that's what I call polka. So I mm-hmm. want to talk about uh, obviously Pharrell is the big collab yes. because he's yep. doing the vocals, but and- the better collab. The better collab is Nile Rodgers, yes. who is not a name that comes to the forefront of a lot of younger people's minds today. But this dude is responsible for like so much hit music. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if you heard a funky hit from like the 70s to the early 90s, this dude was involved with it. Yeah. With his like braided bangs. Dreads sort of. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was early. That was like in chic. Yeah, yeah. Now he's just got long dreads. He always plays a white Stratocaster. He developed that quintessential like chunking like 70s disco. Like I can't do it, but you know the guitar part I'm talking right, about. Right, yeah. Yep. Uh, you heard it on David Bowie's Fame. That's Nile Rodgers. This dude is like quintessential. And to me, this is like a Nile Rodgers song. Yeah, it is. Um, But I what I do like is that it's paired um with a few things that he necessarily wouldn't do, right. which is like uh, a very electronic, like hip hop inspired, heavy drum groove mm. and Pharrell's like quintessential pop hook of the chorus. Right. I think the melding of those three things, which is, is a pretty equal distribution of like Daft Punk, Nile Rogers and Pharrell mm-hmm. is what makes this successful. I'd agree. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think it's like a melding of Daft Punk. I think it's a melding of their style in this album, you know, because like other Daft Punk songs don't really sound like this. No, it doesn't. No, so but it's I think Daft Punk doing disco. I think the rhythm section, though. Okay, yeah, feels more right. like Daft Punk than and the repetitiveness. Yeah. of EDM. Yeah, exactly. It feels more music. Daft Punk than Nile Rodgers. Yeah, I also think that like EDM and disco also go together very well because yeah. they are dance dance centric i mean they're essentially the same thing separated by time right exactly and i think that the melding of the two that's why i like about this album so much so beyond yeah the intro to this is weird it reminds me like i just rescued the princess in mario brothers (laughs) (laughs) yeah or she's in another castle she's always in another castle yeah 
but uh yeah the strings little strange um when it gets into it i i like that it goes into like a cool like reminds me of like the first phil collins solo album Mm. there's like an 80s weird like sort of darkly moody pop thing going on like synth heavy and stuff like that yeah Still don't love uh, the robot voice. The and vocals I'm, ruin the entire song for me. And it's mm-hmm. also, uh, I think it's more problematic because of the way the album is paced. So yeah. we just got a chunk of good singers <laughs> and now it's like yeah. robot voice. Yeah. I almost wish that the collabs or the features were more interspersed throughout the album. Or no vocals at all. Cause like this song, the lyrics were cringy bad. It wasn't even like the lyrics were good and the voice was yeah. just like that. It feels like English is their second language. Yeah. Well, yeah which yeah, is, which is fine, <laughs> but just don't do it then. <laughs> yeah. Just use samples. Be like fat boy slim. <laughs> I like, I like the robot vocals. I, I like some early Daft Punk. I, um, I don't hate, the style i don't like how they executed the vocal yeah i i think some songs are more successful than others like doing it right i think does it very well uh we'll get there but so jeff yes because you're not a big fan of the utilization of the vocals did you appreciate the next track motherboard more so while looking at the the song titles on this i was like motherboard on a daft punk album they're electric (laughs) They're weird, like robot space alien guys. It's called random access memories. Yeah, this is going to be like so Stranger Thingsy and like just totally sci-fi weird synth. And it was not what I thought a Daft Punk song called Motherboard would sound like. Really, uh, uh, I thought it sounded a lot like like the title, but I don't know. I thought it was boring. <laughs> oh boy. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't really remember it in my head now. I listened mm. to it like a week ago, and I can't really picture it. Well, I think it's definitely more. See, it's hard for me to call it live instrumentation because yeah. I feel yeah. like it probably is sampled. Yeah. But it's sampled Which is, it's very sampled, well right. to sound like live instrumentation. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. If you're not a big music fan or you don't know a lot of behind the scenes stuff about music, pretty much everything you listen to on regular pop radio is sampled. not live instruments. Yeah. It's samples. And I'm sure this is, but it has a live music feel. It does. Uh, I liked that it's only an instrumental, although yeah, yeah. it doesn't necessarily feel like it fits on this type of album. Yeah, it definitely feels like a leftover from their Tron um, right. album. I thought it sort of reminded me of a score to like a James Bond movie. Yeah. Uh, there's some interesting percussion stuff in here. Like, I kept wondering how much of this was live drums because mm. there's some really interesting dynamic stuff on, like, the snare Yeah, that I'm like, okay, if that's samples, that's done really well because it feels like it was performed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was cool for me. A little long. Like I said, yeah. if, if, there was an, if they put an album of all this... I'd be like, dope. I could put that on the background while I. Oh, dude, I have weird. Like, I have like Doctor Who sound <laughs> effect records. Right. Yeah, I'll yeah. just put on in the background. It's just times. weird to be on the same album as Get Lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I could see yeah. that. Uh, Fragments of Time featuring Todd Edwards, Jeff's brother. Yeah, it's my uncle brother. <laughs> what do you guys think? This one uh, was some real Hall and Oates shit. Yeah, that's that's what it's. Who is like. this guy? Is he uh, like an eighties? I don't know. Or? I looked up a lot of the features. He's newish. I don't know. Yeah, um, he's Jewish. Newish. Oh, I don't, I don't have headphones. I'm sorry. We're we're sitting far apart to social distance. Uh, this might be the most straightforward vocal on the album. Yeah, but to me, the song is almost like too simplistic. 
Mm. Um, yeah, I I wrote boring, but I don't think boring is the right word. I would say simplistic, like straightforward. Yeah, with like yeah. hints of disco, like disco light. Like just put put a little bit of disco in the glass, and then put two parts water, and then that's this song. They're yeah. they're doing some interesting thing with um things with synth in this song. Uh, one of the instrumental tracks has like a weird pedal steel type effect that brings it to like sort of a country vibe to me. Um, I don't know if you remember that, but then there's a really fun synth solo at the end. Yeah. That's, yeah. I really like that. It's utilizing, I believe it's a, a talk box and a pitch bender. So it sounds like someone is like singing through a keyboard. Right. Yeah. yeah I did. Which is like a cool that. thing that I've heard guitar players do. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. It was if a I've weird song. Cause I was like, all right, this is just like you said, it's just like, a song and then it goes into this like crazy yeah. cool fun wow, interesting wow, solo wow, wow, wow. like yeah. shit like that wait what was that wow, 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 wow. <laughs> that's what i thought it was yeah that's great yeah um i lost my spot oh doing it right featuring panda bear <laughs> who that i don't know is that like a big name in uh the electronic dance community i don't know yeah i don't know uh i've heard the name before but um yeah i'm not familiar my note for this song is this is my nightmare this is music with no soul. So, yeah. So since, I mean, since Get Lucky, we're like four songs later. And I wrote like these songs. It's just so low energy and repetitive, but not in the way that I would expect from EDM. Because like mm. with electric music, you, you expect it to be repetitive. That's right. part it's of it. It's supposed to put yeah. you in like a trance. Like exactly. State. That's yeah. why there is a genre called trance. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I get it. I love it. I dig it. I'm really you into love a lot it. Of, no, that, that kind of music. But this I song. Love it. Yeah, I, I could F with some of this real hard, Dan. There's a lot about me you don't know in this episode. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, but, like, this one is just so low energy, and I'm like, that's really? the opposite of, like, rave. I've never been to a rave, yeah. but, like, See, I, I would expect at- you to, it gets your heart going. Right. I don't look at this as a rave song. I think I look at this as, like, a vibing song. Yeah, not, but I wasn't vibing. This yeah. is what artificial intelligence would create. <laughs> If you ask them to create a hit dance song. See, this reminds me a lot of the early Daft Punk stuff. Around the world, harder, better, faster, stronger. I don't think so. Really? Yeah. I've never I, I, only know the, I only know the singles. I don't know yeah. like their full discography. Mm. I don't know anything before this album, but I did not care for this song. Uh, well, Contact. This is another one where I was like, okay, we had Motherboard. Wasn't <laughs> too into it. Now we have Contact. Right. And I F with this hard. <laughs> of course you the do. The intro, yeah. and there's like UFO sounds. It's really cool, yeah. And then- they got like the guy, it was like a pilot, probably yep. like a military pilot talking yep. about seeing like a rotating object. And I was like, oh man, this So was- they didn't like get that. That's a real recording. I've it heard is. that before. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They put I that in I thought you there. meant that. Yeah. Like, like the interview with Giorgio. It wasn't like. No, no, no. This is like real sound. Stock audio. And I was like, oh man, I was like half mass. Listen to this. I thought the music was good, but a UFO song on a futuristic robot electronic duo album isn't that a bit on the nose like <laughs> you probably do believe in ufos yeah 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 but like i i really liked the end how everything crescendoed to this like fuzz like it was like, like a minute of thing. like the most annoying crass sound yeah. but i just loved it yeah anyway <laughs> same at least that was like i don't know like pushing the boundaries for me of like good sound i don't know how to describe it mm. but i like that they pushed it on that yeah this also sampled We Ride Tonight by The Sherbs, which I found Oh, out. The Sherbs, yeah. yeah. Uh, World-renowned The Sherbs. <laughs> yeah, which I looked up, and I, I don't know if it's the only like actual like song sample in here, but uh, it probably isn't. But fun fact. I have some final thoughts. As do I. Um, to me, 
this sort of feels like a classic. I don't know if there's a name for it, but I'm going to give you a scenario. Okay. When I was a kid, I convinced my parents. When you were a young boy. To let me join one of those dollar CD clubs. Oh, (laughs) I did that too without permission. And to me, this is a classic (laughs) album that I would have bought because I liked Get Lucky and then not liked any other song on the album. All right, Dan, Uh, was this Columbia Record Club? Yes. Do you remember the 10 albums you got for free? Uh, I know one of them was the Back to the Future soundtrack. Oh, that's a great choice. You gave that to me. One of them was uh, Naughty by Nature. Okay. Um, I could probably pull like one or two more off the top of my head. Was it the Simpsons Yellow album? You had that one yeah, too. Yeah, the Simpsons Yellow album. Um, John Lennon, Yoko Ono, Double Fantasy, which was very <laughs> forward thinking for me at that time. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what I got. When I was 14, I signed up for the Columbia Record Club. Oh, I was like 10. Not being able to. And my brother was three years younger, so he was 11. I convinced him to. And we just typed in credit card numbers till they worked. Oh, my God. To sign up. (laughs) Then this is like AOL. Like, we were just like, whatever, we're just going to do this. And we did it, and it got either mine or both of them went through. So we got albums. And I got Blink-182's Damn It, Blink-182's Enema of the State, Share Belief. (laughs) And then he got, like, um, Offspring Americana. And we got all of the records. We got, oh, um, three Adam Sandler records, <laughs> the three that were out at the time. It's funny. And they came and we were like, cool. And then we forgot about it. And then we got letters in the mail from debt collectors at 14 and 11. <laughs> yeah. And my mom found out and she was very angry. And until I was like 25, she was like, did you ever settle that? I was like, I was a child that didn't follow me. We're good. We're fine. So yeah, this kind of feels like that for me. Like, uh, like you hear the big hit song and you love it, and you go by the album, and not in, not necessarily that it's all bad, but that it feels so different from that big hit that you're it like, does, yeah. Like Jeff bought shares, believe. I bet you he didn't rock to that whole album. <laughs> no, I knew the one song. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, that's kind of the vibe that I got from this. Like I could picture myself as a twelve year old. Buying this album at Walmart and then going, what are the rest of these songs? Where's the guy who sings Get Lucky? Or you accidentally get the edited version of a rap album. Yeah. And you're like, oh. Yeah. So I think I think that's kind of my overall thoughts, too. As an album, it felt a little disjointed. Um, I could agree with that. Yeah. Where like you could change styles up. I picked an album that changed up their styles that I thought was like still like a solid package yeah but this is kind of a little choppy yeah uh, i mean with like another album that i gave like um uh if i should go before you by city and color where that album definitely felt like a progression throughout the album this mm-hmm. one kind of feels like a little bit spotify playlisty um i would agree with that which isn't but necessarily a bad thing no it's not necessarily a bad thing I- i've actually been trying to get back into uh fantano and he was talking about a new album that came out i think by the 1975 where he was saying that like this album is like literally all over the place and like we'll just find stuff that sticks. Maybe they'll like it. Yeah. Um, but um, all right. I mean, I'm a little disappointed to hear that. But uh, all right. Dan and Jeff, did I talk you into Random Access Memories by Daft Punk? No. Yeah. Uh, soft no, because there are some songs it. on here I did really like. Yeah. So you might have talked me into putting together a Daft Punk playlist. All Hard right. no for me. I really didn't enjoy this. <sighs> Uh, it's funny be because it. what you just said is like the last note that I had, which is that um, 
uh, I could see why they've like been dominant on the dance floor for for a long time. Yeah. But I'm not interested in listening to it in my car or while I'm at mm-hmm. work. Like if I was at a rave, I'd be like, yeah, Daft Punk. It's funny because I thought you would be really into it for the pushing the boundaries of what music could be with like the Giorgio by Mor- Moroder or um, some of it I did like I liked the last track how that yeah. like went crazy into white noise sound. or the Paul Williams uh, we're gonna go into weird different places but uh, but what you said about it not really feeling like an album is a hundred percent true like they shouldn't yeah. even make albums they should just release tracks as yep. they make them. I do agree with that mm. I would put a few of these songs on a on a playlist like a dance playlist or something yeah. but I don't think I gained anything from listening to it front to back yeah uh, this album is definitely like Obviously, you, you can't really, like, feel the lyrics. Uh, I mean, they're all, like, dancey and stuff, but I throw it on just to have background music on. I think this is the greatest compilation of songs comparatively to their older stuff. So when we talk about record roundtables, we talk about how sometimes a theme arises sort of coincidentally and accidentally. And so far with these two albums, the theme for me is, I can't believe this person likes this because I'm also <laughs> shocked that Jimmy likes this. Really? I'm not shocked that Jimmy likes it. It's kind I of I listen to a lot of electronic like, stuff. Yeah. I, I was not. I was a big dubstep boy back in the day. <laughs> yeah. No, I listened to a lot of electronic stuff too, which is why I was excited when I was given this because I was like, it's something I never gave a shot because it's like mainstream. Mm. And who, is it good? Is it yeah. not? Listen and to some of other Daft Punk stuff. I will. If you, if you I like said that. I was going to, yeah. but I haven't Don't. yet. But like <laughs> when I was listening to this, like, I was a yes going through even the stuff I didn't like because like just as I was like, I don't like this. Something would catch me. I'm like, yeah, it's right. good. Like it's good enough for me to say yeah. yes. And then at the end, I just thought about everything. I reread my notes and I was like, there's more negative than positive, but like there is yeah. still good stuff. Like I did. There's like four decent tracks on here at least. Yeah. And then other parts of other songs. So like, like I said, I might make a playlist, mm. but as an album, it's a little weak for me. Okay, uh, no I'll accept that. I'm, I'm glad it's that be you know for me, dog. <laughs> I'm glad that you liked it, Jeff. All right. <laughs> so I thought that it was a theme, you know, for you guys going forward. But I don't know how you feel if you were shocked that I'm into this. I'm not uh, shocked because I knew that you were into it. Yeah. But also, too. I've never heard this album. Yeah. So I in my head, like I know the one song. Right. So uh Jimmy's album was sort of all over the place for us. And like my major complaint was that it didn't feel like an album. I think to me, the black parade by my chemical romance feels a lot like an album because it's it's very concept album. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. You guys want to just dig right into it? Yeah. I didn't know it was a concept album until I started looking up lyrics. Oh yeah. And even lyrically, I didn't know until I started looking up meanings. Like I didn't know that there was somebody called the patient. Yeah. And then it like switch switches narrators mid album. Uh, I think it's a loosely okay. uh, thematic album. It sort of reminds me of like American Idiot. Like there's definitely like themes. Yeah. But it's not like Tommy by the Who where it right, tells yeah. a through storyline. Story. Um, to me, the concept, and we'll get more into it in the end and uh, how in it relates the to end. each song. Yeah. But to me, the concept is just like, this is how we deal with death. Yeah. Right. So it starts off with a track called The End. But it's the beginning. Why would they do that? (laughs) The period is so finite. (laughs) 
It I is. think you mean finite. Finite. Is how it's pronounced. I don't know. I don't. Okay, there, Jimmy. Well, they, you know, you know how they say when people read books, it is so finite. finite. They, they see words that they've never heard. Yeah. So. Side tangent. I read the Communist Manifesto in sixth grade because because that's me because I'm a weirdo. <laughs> and for years, I I that kept, explains a lot. By the way, I kept wondering who these Borgiosi were that I kept hearing about. <laughs> the Borgiosi. They yeah. got a bakery down on Park. These rich Borgiosi that are you know tearing down the proletariat turns out it's bourgeoisie very funny so this is not what i expected musically um starts out acoustic and then it gets like this big band sound and piano and oh yeah and then there's heavy distortion and, like i was like oh, i thought my chemical romance was like a goth emo band yep and uh don't worry we'll get there instantly turned off by his voice like oh, immediately and i was like oh no <laughs> i, I thought i thought it. maybe like time would have helped me like this more because like i said i only heard that one song the popular one as soon as you said that you didn't like the voice of the deer hunter i was like oh he's not gonna like this yeah there's a lot of things about this that sounded a lot like the deer hunter yeah this song in particular felt a lot like it because like it definitely felt like very carnival-esque especially this song where he's like uh, come one come all and and all that yeah it's a big big scope it's a big rock anthem, rock yeah. opera type vibe. Yeah. Um, this song was absolutely up my alley. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm making fun of it because Jeff's making fun of it. <laughs> well, no, um, like the music was fine. It was just yeah, it, it, his, his singing. I wasn't expecting this type of music, but I also do not like his voice. And that doesn't change for the rest of the album. <laughs> I think uh, lyrically, it's, it's a standout, especially as an opener. Um, it's dealing with. Uh, someone who's maybe like a darker, more like emo goth type person. Yeah, this whole album's yeah. pretty morbid. Calling but people pigs and also Adam. as this person comes close to death, that pretty much switches and turns on a dime into "Save Me" is yeah. the chant yep. of the end of the song. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of a cool um, juxtaposition. Yeah. Then we get to "Dead" which, exclamation point, which uh, goes right into uh, the next song. Which I love when albums do that. It reminded yeah. me a lot of Sgt. Pepper's. Very Queen-esque lead guitar. Yeah. Is, Again, yeah. was not expecting <laughs> this. From the type of people I've seen that like My Chemical Romance, <laughs> I was not expecting it to be very queen So funny enough, uh, Gerard Way, the singer and one of the predominant songwriters, yeah. uh, said that a huge musical inspiration for this album is A Night at the Opera by Queen, mm-hmm. which was their big scope album with bohemian rhapsody and stuff and i definitely hear in the guitar tones yeah and the transitions like the way it goes from the end into dead is a really cool transition right into that like lead guitar solo thing but it also has a really chuggy pop punk palm muted guitar which Mm -hmm. is a pretty cool juxtaposition to like the wailing leads of a guitar yeah solo like queen would have and um a product of its time, because this is like mid two thousands, early two thousands. Yeah, I think so. There's some Four. fake keyboard horns that a lot of these kind of bands were guilty of. Yeah, not this band. Those were real. Yeah, yeah. they sounded real. They, they sounded had, very tinny. They to brought me. in real marching bands, real orchestras. They did everything legit for this album. They're huh. also buried in the mix in the song too. But yeah, I think it's so. More maybe textural, it just sounded textural. like fake keyboard horns. Maybe to me. yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that. The song has movements, sort of reminded me of like uh, some Abbey Road type stuff. Mm -hmm. Little little sections within songs. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and it's way more upbeat than I expected. Again, like I have a picture of just like sad goth kids. No, I think they're more of a pop punk band. I mean, I didn't know that though. Definitely have like emo stuff, especially like earlier. But uh, 
by this period of time, they're way more experimenting into like classic rock and pop rocks, pop punk well, I've, songs. I've noticed that now, Daniel. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is how I disappear. Okay, it's not a bad vibe. Um, some of them tambourines get aggressive AF, mm-hmm. which was cool. I was like, that's the angriest tambourine yeah. I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could just picture my head just like, yeah, shake them rainies. Um, <laughs> and then I did have to laugh out loud because just vocally he gets so angry, but mm-hmm. it's like over the top anger, like a bad disturbed song. And I just like, to me, it like, I know what it was going for. It was trying to get you like, yeah, yeah. And to me, I was just like, huh, that's funny. <laughs> so See, go oh, ahead, Jim. This song to me feels a little comparatively to the rest of the album. feels a little generic emo to me. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It, it just wasn't like, there was nothing that like blew me away from this song. Well, I think it's fitting in the context of the story. If you really like analyze, like, I don't know if I yeah. buy into it as much as some people, but supposedly like, um, the end is the patient dying. Right. Yeah. Dead. That's how he disappears. He's dead. Yep. This is how I disappear is his recollections on his regrets and memories through life. Yeah. So it yeah. kind of makes sense that he would be at his most upset. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, like, and I got that. And that was cool, but it's fine. But just the execution yeah. was pretty silly to me. Yeah. The Sharpest Lives to me is more recollections of life events, but it's more about less about regrets and love and more about like partying and and just living li- to excess. Just listening to the lyrics, I didn't know what it was about. Oh, yeah. I, Give I me really a shot to remember. It's like yeah. about yeah. sort of like drinking and doing drugs and partying and stuff like that makes sense um i really really hate his voice in this (laughs) song but i do like what they did with like uh kind of background vocals whispering there were like two tracks kind of going right yeah dan and i have done that in in, uh a couple songs before on a twilight zone themed (laughs) much worse songs yes no it was terrible but like i i like that it was submersive and yeah. it, it was cool so jeff you don't like the tonality of his voice and i'm sure right. like the whininess and stuff but can you admit he that can he's a sing. good singer yeah no no he he's can i just i don't yeah. like that like yeah that, that he's <laughs> a little bit of like <laughs> scream on it yeah stuff. no like he's definitely hitting notes you can't yeah. argue there's that. some fun harmonies too they, they're not like and, a and big harmony driven band like that's what i like about this song and it's, some it's of, sort of buried but some it's of, also mixed fair i actually i like the mixing in the song a lot this is a good headphone song like mm-hmm. when you're listening with headphones it's like Ooh, it's all we'll come around me. And some of the uh, okay. over pronunciations that he does, which a lot of bands like this are guilty of. I mean, I'm a, a big Blink-182 fan. Yeah. And like Tom yeah. DeLonge is real bad at that. So like, you know, it just stands out to me. Yeah. It's not not digging his uh, <laughs> performance. When I was a young boy, <laughs> my father. This is the one you knew, Jeff? Yeah. Me this is, into and the city. I've always hated this song. <laughs> really? And I still do. Uh, like oh, I man. do, I think the intro is a little saturated, a little like over the top with the snare drum and stuff. Yeah. But I think the middle section, the will carry on, that's pure pop punk bliss right there. Yeah, yeah, but like again, like I didn't know that this you don't was like inspired. how he says will carry on. <laughs> no, I was just saying that this album reeks of I want to be queen, but with no bite. It's just missing like that. Oh, I think it has more bite than queen. I don't know. Oh, interesting. I don't think I don't so. Know. And then it like it turns into pop punk, and I'm like, oh okay, like yeah. Sometimes I get, I get the feeling she's watching over me. Yeah, I don't remember that part. That but, whole part. Da, 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 but da, da, I always da. thought that like the Black Parade just alluded to like a funeral prese- procession. Oh no, this but, is an interesting theory. Yeah, so it's like I kind of read up on it, and I kind of had my own ideas, but it's like 
a memory right before you die instead of seeing your whole life mm, flash before you right. before you die it's this one moment that's rooting him to but it's alive. not just a memory before he dies it's um how a memory becomes your grim reaper like your memory yeah, yeah. ushers you into the afterlife mm. so for him it's the parade so he literally joins the black parade and that's what leads him from earth into the beyond yeah. which is kind of a cool concept uh if you've read any of Gerard Way's comics, you can see that he's got some I interesting haven't. ideas. And I haven't yeah. because I never liked My Chemical Romance, and I was like, <laughs> F that guy. I've well, heard the comics were actually really good. The so Umbrella Academy is very good. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, it's it's a cool concept to look at like an afterlife theory. It right. is, yeah. I think some shows that we watched uh, do it pretty well. Dan probably knows what I'm talking about, too. About uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say because I don't know if Jeff's caught up. Spoilers. No. No. Yeah. Um, next song, I Don't Love You, is what my entire family tells me every day. <laughs> um, I, it just seems like it's morbid for morbid's sake. Mm. And like, I don't feel any weight behind the lyrics. Like, I get it. I get what it's supposed to be about. But I'm not like, it's not physically affecting me. Right? I felt that way until I really analyzed the lyrics. And then I had an interpretation that I looked online and people had verified which is that this song is actually about um, it's sort of tearing down the sanctification of the dead that happens with like when someone dies and everyone's like, oh, such a great guy. You know, that whole thing where you can oh, never say anything bad I've about always dead hated that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what this song's no, about. I didn't know that. Maybe I will deconstruct <laughs> it myself. What did you think of this one, Jim? Um, I thought it was fine. Uh, I like the part where he's like kind of talking and then like immediately goes back into song. Yeah. Like it was a really cool transition. Musically? Strong fine. Musically? Yeah. Hoobastank? I don't remember it. That's what I wrote down when I was listening to it. It sounded like a Hoobastank song. <laughs> Can't recall what it sounds like right now. No, I mean, it's just sort of like a driving rock song. Mid-tempo. Hmm. Speaking of driving uh, rock songs, House of Wolves, which- yep. I uh, I wrote down pretty much the exact same thing. I like how this song like really drives forward and uh, this is fun. This yeah. feels like a driving song. Like yeah, a, yeah. I, I dig the song. bop and drums. Like it opens up like yeah. a bop it up. It's got a really bop. good rhythm. Yeah, yeah. It's good. And and it matches the lyrics, which is just like living recklessly. You right. could really feel like the uh, the music actually puts you in the same place that the lyrics should. Yeah. So the next song I want to start with. Okay. Oh boy. Because Jeff's going to hate the vocals because they are way over the top of everything he doesn't like. <laughs> but if you can look past that, this is a very moving song for me. I think the way it expresses the idea of uh, losing with someone, but also is told from the point of view of the person with the terminal Dying. disease yeah. is, uh, is really moving to me. What do uh you guys think? Jimmy, <laughs> I want to hear what you. Oh, uh, you guys, you're both staring at. <laughs> you're just gonna destroy it. Well, not really. I I wrote Queen Junior exclamation point. Um, the bass sound, the style of playing, and I'm not saying it's bad. Well, this is I, way more Beatles than Queen, dude. Some of these harmonic transitions, I like I chordal mean, choices. I like Queen, but like yeah. musically, I thought it was fine. It's just like again, not what I was expecting, but the music is fine, and um, you know, I didn't. I didn't get what you got from it. Like I, again, like I can read it at surface level, like take it for face value, whatever that term is. Um, but, <laughs> Oh, there's some lines in here that really, to me, capture like feelings that I had listening to stage four where people like right. understand what this is like, like, and you never hear it. Like stage four was 
a great album by Touche Amour about dealing with a loved one who yeah. passed away from cancer. But very often, that's the point of view we hear from. Yeah. To hear this person say, like, even though I love you, I don't want to see you because I'm embarrassed by how bad I look and yeah. how bad I feel. Like, that's a side that you don't hear a lot in, in pop culture. I guess so. But I guess maybe because... To me, that's not relatable because I've never died of cancer. But like, even though I know that like people do feel that way, people who are sick in the hospital, like, no, I like, I don't look good. I'm like, that's not the. I don't know. I I think that you could be empathetic towards. You can, but it's different because you're not connecting to it on a personal level. Yeah. With Touche Amore, I've had family members die of cancer, so so I could connect to that on a very deep level. Whereas this. I understand, and it's like that's super sad, but I can't connect to that character, yeah. so it doesn't hit me as hard as Stage Four would. Yeah, I really like this song. I, I thought it was a big old oof. Um, it, it definitely hit me in the feels. I mean, we've all lost people to cancer. It sucks. Um, it, I thought it was super interesting to look at it from their perspective. And Jimmy, tell me there are not major Beatles vibes in some of the chord yeah, stuff here. For sure. At the end of the song, not to get too nerdy, but some people do like this <laughs> musical theory stuff. He does this chromatic shift in the vocals that goes from a major key to a minor key that's yeah. really dope. And it's um I'm not gonna I'm not a great singer, but it's hardest part of this is leaving you. Right. Yeah, I remember that. That's like Beatles. Yeah, very also much. reminds me of uh Patriot by Hostage Gum. Yeah. Where it's, they do uh, that. It's very very cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Then we get into Mama. It's literally a song called Mama. <laughs> you're you're making too much of this. It no, sounds I'm, nothing I'm, like this. This no, is it circus does, music. It, it yeah. sounds a lot like uh Eric Peterson of Mischief yep. Brew, which is uh not very well-known artist yeah Yeah, this reminds Um, me a lot of the deer hunter very like folk punky and i actually like this a lot musically gypsy music but we're not allowed to use that term anymore so it's romani music (laughs) (laughs) it's what it reminds me of no it is is. yeah no i really like my i might have liked this song the most out of all the other ones on the album just musically but this is the one where i didn't really know what it was about kind of so i was looking it up yeah me neither and apparently it's a narrative of a soldier at war like talking to his mother and it was weird because like as i was reading these song meanings after i listened to the album like once and then going through again you have the patient who's suffering from cancer and you just get in one song ago his perspective and then it switches narrative so this is what i mentioned at the beginning Mm. of the episode where like as a concept kind of weird it's loose yeah yeah it is but like i did i did like the song and i like the uh i enjoyed the lyrics i enjoyed the music I like the beats, the, the sounds, <laughs> things, sayings. Thanks, thanks, Cal. Um, then we get to sleep, which is basically night terrors. The song. Um, <laughs> wow, that's literally what I wrote. Yeah, I, I mean that's pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's I, like gripping your throat. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I'm actually curious what Jeff thinks about it, but I'll give my uh, few thoughts of. It's not good. That's all I really have to say. <laughs> oh, really? I don't, I don't have. I thought you would have hated it. like the screaming at the end, but. Eh. I think music theory wise, there's a really interesting interplay between major and minor key signatures that happens throughout the song. It's in like the lead guitar riff. It's in the vocals. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I thought this was a cool one. 
Teenagers is um, uh, definitely feels different from all the other songs on this yeah, album. So it sounded familiar to me, but I'm like, I've never heard this before, but it sounds so familiar. Well, I think it's so bluesy that like a lot of blues music like has that exact. I, but then I was like, I'm thinking about Get a Job by Offspring. Yep. It sounds like uh, Offspring. Yeah, it does. Which but is it's, a second Offspring reference. It's <laughs> good. It's a bop, though. It's uh, good. Teenagers scare the living shit yeah. out of me. Yeah, it's no, kind of weird. It's, it was fine. And by the way, the Offspring like, didn't invent that either. That's a very traditional. No. Like Jimmy said, that goes back blues. to the blues. Yeah, yeah, I know, but like it does sound like how the Offspring. Yeah, it's it's a, it. it's based around a twelve bar blues. Yeah, yeah. Um, very fun song. Definitely one of my favorites. Off I mean, lyrically, it's like the teenagers like other teenagers scare him or as an adult they scare you yeah it's sort of like his uh i think i was reading i was reading about it how he just doesn't get why adults are so afraid of teenagers yeah it's uh i think it's like good old-fashioned rock and roll teenage rebellion like what rock and roll was based on yeah that's what i like about it uh disenchanted um i'm pretty sure i've heard this before because i was a teenager once (laughs) i was Um, too yeah were you dan no Oh, the lucky one. So you know how I'm like almost 60 right now? Born in, born in man. Yeah. <laughs> an when I was uh, when I was a teenager, I was 30. Okay. Yeah. That's true. Very true. It's pretty true. Yeah, but it's a different tone. It's more acoustic and yeah, bare. slower. And he's definitely just facing death and thinking that life is overrated. Yeah. Which like, I mean, I guess I understand the MCR fan base a little more now. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Rough. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a good song. Uh, I think this is. I was talking to my friend Steph a lot about this. This is. She's not a huge fan of this particular album, but she likes MCR a lot. Mm-hmm. Which is um, funny because, like, isn't this like what people like most about them? Usually? Well, it depends. Uh, it's actually pretty split. Split. A lot of their like hardcore fans like the more traditional like screamo pop punk yeah. stuff. This is way more rock influenced than like anything okay. else they did. Yeah. But that's kind of why I wanted to do it for a record roundtable because. I pretty much only like this album. Right. There's a few yeah. tracks I like from earlier stuff. Well, but... when this album was over, it went to another song and it was very terrible. <laughs> and I was like, ew, who is this? And it was like My Chemical Romance. I'm like, ew. <laughs> That's funny. So the last track, Famous Last Words. I don't know. I honestly think this last is, word. That's just I what honestly, I wrote. I don't know. I, I think it's a it's a little weak for an album yeah. closer, especially when the album is as big and operatic. And it's called Famous Last Words. Yeah. Mm. What'd you think, Jim? I thought it, I liked it. Uh, I, I like it, it too. I, I just, thought it was a good uh, conclusion. I could see that it could give you a little meh if you're not like a super big fan of the album. Right. No, no, I thought it was fine. Um, It felt like the opener feels like the opener. This feels like the close to me. And then just like Touche Amore's uh, stage four, you have a concept that has a story and then there's a hidden track for no yeah, reason. Which yeah, which I don't uh, like. Blood. It's a jaunty. It was weird. <laughs> I don't hate it. Yeah. But I don't understand it. Yeah. I thought it was a fun romp. Damn you, Spotify. <laughs> yeah. It's especially hurtful when you have these concept albums and they just tack on random shit at the end. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. But, all right. Well, Jeff, I know I'm fighting an uphill battle with you here. You knew that from the beginning, though. Yeah. yeah. To be fair. I, I told you, you guys chose the hard one. I wanted that. That's what we need for content <laughs> so i'm really hoping that you can think about like delving deeper into the meanings and stuff like that mm-hmm. and the catchy hooks uh other you know i did have a couple last minute notes um i just uh, sort of what jimmy said i think the production on this album is fantastic it was very good. good this is produced by butch vig who like did every big pop punk album yeah like, with i definitely Green Day, know that stuff name. like that yeah uh 
it's just big it's dense but it doesn't sound heavy there's a lot of space in there like yeah. when you listen to headphones there's a lot of room um there's a lot of cool stuff like very queen stuff of doubling up on guitar solos and doing mm-hmm. harmonics of guitar solos yeah. and stuff i loved a lot of the doubling up of vocals yeah uh, like that song we were talking about like when i had the headphones on i'm like ooh, I don't, and it's me. interesting because he's not always harmonizing sometimes yeah. he's doubling up unisons but yeah. changing like a little bit of phrasing and stuff right yeah. listen to these nerds you guys what this? these guys are nerds <laughs> <laughs> okay so jeff yeah jimmy yeah was i able to successfully talk you into the album the black parade by my chemical romance no hard no hard no after listening to this i'm suicidal too (laughs) i hated it so bad so you were keeping up a good front because i thought you might be a yes i wow i I thought that you thought i was going to be a no because i was pretty hard on it yeah i couldn't stand it i'm never listening to this again (laughs) um i do like queen i do like some of the stuff they did but there's not one song that i want to listen to again in my life come on hated it (laughs) jimmy Let's hear some positives. <laughs> I like this kind of music. Um, I listened to The Deer Hunter. We've talked about that before. I knew that Jeff was going to be a no as soon as I started listening to this because I of thought that. he was grown up enough to look past the wine. No, no but no. like <laughs> He's that not. was that was the least of my problems, too. Just like, really? I don't know. Just it seems maybe I couldn't separate the people who listen to it to like the message behind it. And like, uh, ah, it's so corny. You I have to know. Though, huh? But like, I didn't get anything from the lyrics, even just listening to them, even reading the lyrics. I was like, I to me, it's like it. the deer hunter, but more pop punky. Like it's more, way more better catchy. than a deer hunter. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> oh. Like deer hunter. I, I wish I could forget this that. Has just men in black hooks me. and catch catchy choruses that I don't think the deer hunter really has. It does. Yeah. But as so, like lyrically, it's still as, but Jimmy, Jeff cut you off a little bit. <laughs> Are you going to jam this? Are you going to listen to this in the future? I- I'm going to give this another shot. Like, I'm not like a hard yes. Like, I love this album. I'm going to buy it on vinyl because I can. Um, thanks, Noli McKay. Um, no, I think it's I think it's <laughs> fine. Yeah. Um, no, I will actually say sounds friggin' great on vinyl. All that I'm space sure. and production is even bigger and warmer. Yeah. No, it, it sounds great. Uh, super fun. I mean, obviously, it's a, it's an <laughs> album that about fun. death. Yeah, but uh, it's a fun listen to. Um, I yeah. will friggin' wail cancer at the top of my vocals in <laughs> in my car by myself. It's a good song to sing along to. Yeah, it's right in our range. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it's awesome. good. Uh, I'm I'm not in love with it, but I'll definitely give this another listen. I'm in love with it. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Not a big fan of my chemical. Well, role. Jeff. Yes. Are you more of a fan of? what we're going to be doing next week yes i am because i <laughs> am going to try to talk both of you into something that dan and i kind of both talked jimmy into before <laughs> yeah um i am going to try to talk you into the twilight zone the cbs all access <laughs> another uh, twilight reboot. zone episode yes. what is this but you already Fool's talked Day? me into it you're in the twilight zone no um season two is coming out uh the week that this episode will come out and i enjoyed season one it was a divisive season of the new season of the right? new the series. new series yes so season this is the two, jordan peele produced twilight yes zone. and i enjoyed 
pretty much the entire series. You know, it's it's yeah. 10 episodes. I picked three episodes for you guys to watch. Okay. Um, one of them is an updated remake on a classic that you both like. And two of them are new stories with a very classic Rod Serling feel to it. Mm. And um, I don't know. I'm just I'm pumped on season two because they're actually releasing it all at the same time instead of doing oh, weekly. Good. So, yeah, that brings me to my question. Yeah. Where can we watch this? CBS All Access. That's it, huh? That's it. Oh, it is. Man. I think you it's can, also, well, it's going to work for me because I think I can get it with a VPN. So sucks to I suck. don't so know what that means. The thing with this is the first two episodes, at least when season one came out, they put for free on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and right. one of those is the one that I picked. We'll get more into that. Um, I don't know if they're going to do that. that the comedian, two. the comedian That's and uh, nightmare at 30,000 feet. Right. Oh, we're redoing nightmare at 30,000 feet. Oh, yes. It's 30,000, not 20,000. A little bit say. different. It's a little bit different. It's going to be cute. Um, yeah. But yeah, you can, listeners can get a CBS All Access I'm sure free trial. free trials, right? It's six bucks a month. I just have it. So right. we can watch it together, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be fun, I think. I'm excited for this because I've heard not good things about this. Same. I've heard very mixed things on yeah. it. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the minority about thinking it's way better. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people don't like it because- it's woke. Welcome to yeah. Rasmus yeah. Politics. I've heard it's for the libs, for the snowflakes, for the yeah. SJWs. Which makes me love it more. We'll get yeah. into everything. Yeah, because the original week. Twilight Zone was for the libs too, guys. <laughs> what? Oh, Rod Jimmy. Serling was poning libs with every puff off that cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> Just smoke-filled rooms, locker room talk. Jimmy, where can people find Talk Me Into on the internet? They can find the podcast at Talk Me Into on Twitter. TalkMeInto.com if you still use websites. Come on, guys. It's 2020. You don't need to go on there. But also do. I don't care. Um, you can also send us an email at TalkMeInto at gmail.com if you feel so inclined. You can send us reviews, ratings, all that fun stuff. You can also do that on Apple Podcast. If you can, that helps us out a lot, actually. Um, get some podcasts discovered by more. Unfortunately, we can't do that on uh, Spotify, which is our biggest market, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Dan, where can people find you online? Well, people can find Jimmy on Twitter. We don't do it like this, Dan. How We've is this like the 70th this. episode? We're doing each other's. Oh, okay. <laughs> you ruined the joke. <laughs> you didn't tell us we you were going to be doing You can find Jimmy each on Twitter under the name Son of a Fitch. This is the worst joke. Hold on. This is the worst joke ever. It was never established that we were going Most jokes aren't established. Guys, I'm going to tell a joke. No, sometimes. Sometimes we're like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we did each other's? Wouldn't it be nice if we were older? Then we wouldn't have to wait so long. Bow, bow, Okay, Jimmy's on Twitter and Instagram at son of a fitch. S O N N A V A F I T C H. Sure. Uh, you can find Jeff, uh, Jeff of five Fs, the number 27, uh, on Twitter and at large heart on collider <laughs> on Instagram. It's like banging into a bone. Yeah. You can find Dan on Twitter at Danny underscore breakdown. Because he's it. like, we can't put spaces, so I'm going to put an underscore in yeah. my name. <laughs> This was a good joke. Thanks for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Jokes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the joke. My name is Jimmy. One second. I forgot oh to look my. my notes. Jeff, oh you go my next. God. Okay.
So yeah, delete your social media. You don't need it. <laughs> Let's just end there. Yep. <laughs> you don't need it. Music. <laughs> yep. Um, which I probably should have Wikipedia'd. <laughs> One second. I'm pulling a Dan. This is usually what he does. Oh, keep hating. <laughs> oh, I hate, baby. I hate. Really? Are you eating now? You got me thinking I'll be better now. Better now. Love that song. Do you? No. At my last job, uh, the director of the department just put on like this stupid playlist on repeat every day. Yeah. And that song came on like 10 times and it fucking drove another coworker absolutely fucking crazy. <laughs> so then I sent him an email like, hey, uh, could you not play this song anymore? <laughs> That's going to be is a like the worst Post Malone thing at some, thing, at some point. That I is think. like the worst Post Malone song ever. What? Jimmy oh, likes Post Malone. Post Malone. Yeah, it is. Oh, I don't even know. I just know it's garbage. So we're starting with Nelly McKay. Yep. Ready. All right, James. Fitch. Blocks. <laughs> you always bring that up. It's funny. It will always be funny. We have to take a break because I have to urinate. Oh my gosh. I'm about to pee my pants. <laughs>